0: Shauna and Jody here with Real Sisters, Real Talk. We're glad to have you joining us as we talk about growing in our faith with God. Hey, welcome back. We are so glad to have you joining us this week. And Shauna, I have um, just some processing I've kind of been going through this week that I thought I wanted to bring up and just this whole um, thought about um, being obedient, being obedient to what God invites us into a couple of weeks ago, we talked about hearing God's voice. And when we hear his voice, we need to be obedient. But mm-hmm. when I hear the word obedient, um, it sometimes stirs up a little kind of, eh, I, I don't, I don't want to be obedient. <gasps> I want to yeah. do the will of God, but this obedience
1: word. So like, does anything stir up when you hear that word? Oh man. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of defiance, a little bit of like, I mean, I literally had somebody say to me recently, um, just give me a very direct command. It was some, somebody much younger than me, somebody not in authority over me. And it, there was no nice, no, please, no, thank you. Just be here at this time. And I was like, Ooh, I did not like that. And I I think that what I felt in that is similar (laughs) to what I feel when I hear the word obedience because we just, we don't get excited about obedience. Usually it implies that there's something that I'm going to have to miss out on or I'm going to have to give up, you know? I heard uh, a friend talking about this. Um, She was talking about, like, my friend Jess was talking about when she was a kid and, like, her mom and dad would say, you know, it's time to come inside the street lights, screaming on or whatever. And, and being obedient to them felt like, oh man, all the other kids are hanging out and I gotta go in. Like, it just feels like it's a loss
0: of some kind. That's a really interesting perspective because I think we absolutely do perceive it that way. Like it comes at a cost or there's a loss, but the truth is if we lean into obedience with, to Christ, he knows far better what is coming than what we do. And so the reward is actually much greater if we lean into that obedience. There might be something we miss out on or um, mm-hmm. there might be a conversation we have to walk away from. You know, there's there's things that might take place to be obedient, but the reward yeah. will always be so much better.
1: Yeah. Right? And I got to tell you, yeah. when when. <laughs> when I know that God is asking me to take on something new and to step into new space. I have this thing. I've actually coined a phrase for it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it my own because I never heard it from anybody else. But I call it holy let's do procrastination. It. <laughs> okay. Because here's the thing, right? Yeah, let's make it fun. Um, no, I, I feel like so often God will ask me to do something and I don't want to tell him no and I don't have a rebellious spirit. And I want to keep relationship good with him and I. And so I just delay my obedience by doing all kinds of research. You know what I mean? Like I can just dive really deep into, Oh, like I remember very specifically, I felt like the Lord wanted me to stop consuming caffeine and stop eating sugar. And I was like, "Yes, yes, oh my gosh, Lord, whatever you want from me." And I go into this deep dive about detoxing <laughs> from sugar and what I need to do and how I can stair step into it. And all it's just like, man, I spent—I literally spent more than a month researching how I was going to be obedient. And until it was like one day, the Lord was like, "Tap tap on the shoulder, <laughs> Shauna, I think what <laughs> I want you to, to do." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate all the work that you're doing but do you recognize that this is not obedience i mean if i i always told my kids delayed obedience is not obedience because if i ask mm-hmm. you to take the trash out on monday and on friday it's still not out and you're like yeah no i've been thinking about it i mean i've been thinking about the route i'm gonna take you know i'm gonna i'd be like researching. The for the love <laughs> right yeah it. just take it stinks everybody is experiencing it it stinks take out the trash yeah so i call it a holy procrastination it makes me feel better
0: I love that. I I love that. I might steal that phrase. I think one of the other (laughs) things that um, just the learnings in obedience is that when we look at, we look at the, um, you know, godly people in the Bible who were obedient, God called them to be obedient because he said so. And Mm -hmm. we can look back on their story because we get to see full picture. And so we can see the, the good that's going to come from them being obedient or the, or the consequences that are going to come for the Israelites when they're disobedient. But they don't know that in the moment. And so God says, be obedient, just do that. And then the fruit comes later. But so often, Mm -hmm. you know, if God asks me to be obedient, I'm like, so what will be the result of that obedience? what, you know, what might take place, God, or what would be the consequences? I want to know the ins and the outs before I'm obedient. Because sometimes when he asks us to be obedient in something, it doesn't make sense to us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's hard. You know, Abraham, go, go, just leave. I'll let you know the rest, but go. And you're right. like, I would have probably a hundred questions.
1: Oh my goodness. But
0: we just need yeah. to be, ob- Right. We need to be yeah. obedient. We need to go, not knowing what the
1: end result is. Right. I think one of the things, too, about obedience is that's my only job. Like, that's our only job is obedience. Outcomes are his job, and we're always trying to step into his territory. And isn't that what Adam and Eve got, <laughs> what got them into trouble in the beginning? Like, all I need to do is keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, be attentive to what he is doing, and be obedient. I heard um, we had a missionary, Annalie, um, from missionary from Africa staying with us. Uh, my daughter and, and my son-in-law lived with her and worked with her for a three-month period. That she came to visit the States, and she was staying with us. And she used an analogy of, for herself, she said, you know, I am, um, it's like a, police, a policeman with a police dog. The dog, if you watch um, a policeman work with his police dog, the dog's eyes are fixed on his guy, right? Like he's just watching, he's almost anticipating what his master is going to have him do and he just immediately responds in obedience. And you know, you you could say, you know, look at that dog, he's amazing, look what he just did, but the truth is he is a really good handler. And you and I have a really good handler and we've just got one job and it's just to keep our eyes on him. And I've also heard it said that the, the distance, I wish I could give credit to all the people that I've heard this from. You know what I mean? Like so-and-so said this and so said that. Right. Anyway, that the measure of our maturity is actually the distance between hearing from God and obeying God.
0: Oh my goodness. That is powerful. Doesn't that call you out a little bit? That does call you out. My goodness. Um, because really it comes down to, do we trust him? Do we trust that God's yeah. way is best and that, um, yeah, that he, he actually knows best. Um, and if we trust him, we will obey quickly. That is powerful and a good yeah. measure. It so just reminded I, me.
1: I wholly procrastinate and you have a lot yeah. of questions. <laughs> Yes, there we are. There we They're are. They're both the gap between hearing from God and doing what God said. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you were talking about the the handler and the the police dog and the handler, it just made me think yeah. of when um, Peter, Jesus is walking across the water and it scares the disciples. They're out in the the boat and it's stormy and they think he's a ghost. And um, he says, no, it's me. And Peter says, if it's you, then tell me to come. And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out and Peter walks on the water as long as his eyes are on Jesus. But as soon as his eyes go to the side and look at the problem, the waves Hmm. that can overtake him, he begins to sink. And so what a beautiful picture of if, if we have our eyes on Jesus and we are obedient to him, then actually those things that seem so big are not so big.
1: Yeah, They're not such a problem. Yeah, yeah I, I actually got a little bit challenged on the concept of obedience recently in a conversation that I was having with a guest that I had on my show. And he, he said this, and this kind of turned obedience upside down for me, Jodes. It was that we think that you know, we get filled up when we're alone with Jesus and and when we're diving into our quiet time and we're reading, that's where we get filled up and then we go out into the world to obey him and like that's um, that's where we're being depleted and then we go back and we get nourished. But that's not what Jesus said. Listen to this. Jesus said, I have food that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of the Father. So Jesus actually viewed obedience not as like the thing that tired him out or the work that he was doing it was literally what nourished him like that was what filled him up isn't that cool right that is beautiful
0: and if we actually view obedience in that light then it becomes a whole lot easier to obey doesn't it because it's a part of our nourishment it's a part of our um even even it's a part of our drawing close to God,
1: yeah, and for sure, every time God puts something in front of me and I have to do that thing, i grow it's It's definitely nourishment, you know what i mean it's not it's not a pruning experience so much as it is a growth experience for me when i'm stepping into what God has asked me to do, because it's obedience is usually connected, like you said it's connected to trust, but it's connected to I'm not going to do things my way. I'm going to rely on you and I'm going to do what you're asking me to do by your power and not my own.
0: Yeah. I, I actually have kind of a silly story that um, happened and it was, it was hearing God, but it was also this, just obey, do what I'm telling you to do, but it didn't make sense. Yeah. So I was, I was at the grocery store. This was um, years ago, maybe eight years ago, nine years ago. I was on my way home from work and I had stopped at my grocery store that I shop at all the time. And um, I, I even tell my husband, the checkers are my friends because I see them all the time. And so he always laughs at me. Right. But anyway, so I stopped at my grocery store. It was my familiar place, yeah. right? And I was about to get out of the car and it's like 4.30 in the afternoon, 4 o'clock. And I felt like God said, stay in the car. Hmm. And I needed a couple things for dinner that night. And so I'm like, "But, but God, I... I actually just need a few things. Like I can't make dinner if I don't go into the store. And he said, stay in the car. And so Mm -hmm. I'm literally, I, I had opened my car door and I was standing, like I had my car door open, but I was kind of standing in that wedge. And so I had my arm over my car door and I'm standing there and I'm like, Lord, I, I don't know what you, I don't really understand this. Like I need to go into the grocery store and get my things. And I, I don't know what to do. And so I'm standing there. Just wrestling it out with God, but I, I know I can't go in, so I'm not going in. And I see these two men standing right outside the door of the grocery store, and another man comes out, and they try to tackle him, and then they all make chase right toward me. And I got in my car and I shut the door and I locked it and I called nine one one, and um, it was it was security that were chasing somebody who was um, stealing something, and I don't I don't even know that I would have been in danger. Like I was likely in the path, yeah. but I don't know that I would have been in danger. I think it was a teaching moment for me. And it was that mm-hmm. moment of, are you going to obey when it does not make sense? Or are you going to disobey and go in? And I might've even missed yeah. the the lesson had I not obeyed. But it it, I mean, I'm telling you a story eight or nine years later because it had such an impact on me. Yeah. That when God speaks to us, it doesn't have to make, us, make sense, but we need to obey.
1: Mm. And that's, that's hard. So good.
0: But it's yeah, so worth so it. Good.
1: It is so worth it. I mean, and that's a beautiful example of doing what God has asked you to do and being obedient to what God is, and when it doesn't make sense. But, I mean, the ultimate yeah. example is Jesus himself. He showed us how to live an entire life only doing what the Father wanted him to do and only saying, what the Father wanted to say. It was like complete, perfect obedience every moment of his life. But Jesus had to learn obedience. Listen to this. This, This is what knocked me back on my heels too. This is Hebrews 5, 8, and 9. It says, Even though Jesus was God's Son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Jesus learned he had to learn obedience doesn't that just mess with you a little bit even though he was perfect yeah, yeah it sure does
0: and even even the word in suffering mm. he learned obedience i think sometimes we yeah. want to learn obedience with flowers and you know easy like can we just make it right. easy god <laughs> yeah but yeah. even in in suffering we learn obedience because that's when yeah. it's hard
1: yeah, 100%. It's yeah, so good. It's really good. I've got a little theory on um, on obedience. Were you going to say something? Go. No. What's your theory? Okay. I <laughs> have theory on obedience. Um, it's It's connected to the five love languages. So Dr. Gary Chapman, who's a wonderful man, by the way, I've had the privilege of meeting him and spending time with him, and he is the real deal. So if you're not familiar with the five love languages, you need to check that out. Um, but they are, you might have to help me with this, Jodes, but they are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and gifts. I got them. You did. Way yeah. to go. So here's my theory on the love languages. I think God's love language is obedience. Yeah. Like that's how wow. he feels loved. I mean, it's all up in John fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 16, you know, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Yes. I mean, he says it so I was literally times. thinking of those. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, he does. He just repeats it over and over again. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you love me, obey my commands. If you love me, do what I say. If you see people who aren't doing what I say, those are the people who don't love me. Like he's like, how can I say this? How can I rephrase this in a way that you'll understand it, so yeah, what do you think about Amen. What do you think about obedience being
0: god's love language i I actually think that is brilliant i um so literally while you were saying that, John 14 is what I thought about um, yeah. because he says it so many times, and it is so clear, and the truth is I mean he says it so clear, if you love me, you will obey it's it's mm-hmm. our um it's our act of worship. Obedience is our yes. act of worship. And so absolutely, I think there's a good, there's a good word. Another phrase you can coin, obedience yeah.
1: is God's love language. <laughs> there you go. That one's mine and um, holy procrastination. I'm, I'm going to own those. But, you know, the, the thing that we get so wrong about obedience, I think, is that we think that we have to obey in order to be loved. Instead of recognizing that it's an expression of our love for God.
0: Absolutely. It's a response to our love for him. Yeah. All that he has done and all that he is to us. It's a response. You know, um, I also think kind of going back to what we talked about in the very beginning is uh, we don't know the end result. We don't know the future. God knows the future. He knows the present. He knows the past. We know the past. We're Mm -hmm. experiencing the present. We have no idea. Really, what the future is, we might have an idea of what we'd like the future to be. There's often that I like right. to tell God what He should do. What you ought to do, God, is this because <laughs> yeah. that's a really good plan. Um, but we don't know the future, and so but God does, and so our being obedient yeah. to Him really is the best plan. so this is a this is such a small example um of me choosing not to be obedient, and then the consequences of that, but i in um I was in a conversation with somebody. And something they said kind of rubbed me wrong a little bit. And I responded um, with, you know, maybe a short um, answer, like, you know, short, not in as in, as you know, less words, short as in my attitude. But before yeah, I answered, <laughs> yeah, before I answered, I heard God say, let that go, answer mm-hmm. with gentleness. And I thought, but I don't, I don't want to. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't say anything mean, but I did not answer appropriately. Mm -hmm. And then there were consequences that we had to work through because of that. And I think all I had to do was obey. He invited me to obey. I heard his voice. All Mm -hmm. I had to do was obey. And that, that little break in the, in the relationship, even though it was repaired, would not have been. So there's the little itty bitty things where God is like, I actually have your best interest in mind here. If you would obey, you will be glad you did, but we are defiant. And so it's even learning in those
1: tiny little things. I'm loving how in this particular episode, you know, I am coining phrases and you're sharing stories of not getting it right because (laughs) usually it's the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) thank you for your honesty (laughs) I think the other thing you know about obedience when it comes to obedience is in my own life I've just experienced that every single time God calls me to something and I step in in obedience I feel like he hands me a key this is what I want you to do and he hands me the key and then it's up to me if I'm going to stick it in the hole and turn the door and you know grab the doorknob but but every single time I do what God has called me to do, I feel like he takes me into a new space. Like I couldn't have gotten yeah. into that space without my obedience. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Because we learn when we're
0: obedient. You know, Shauna, as I, as we wrap up, I, there's a song that is coming to mind. And so I just, that doesn't happen for me a lot. You're very musical. I'm not. And so that doesn't happen a lot. But Um, as you were even just sharing this last part trust and obey because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey like isn't that it just kind of sums it up right
1: yeah it really does it is that simple and somebody was smart enough to give it a melody so we don't lose it right? helps us remember. It's so good. Yeah, Yeah. we get to obey, not to earn the Father's love, but because we already have it. It's just so good. Thanks for bringing that up. Thanks for processing that with us today. This is good, Jodes. We are, honestly, it is such a privilege that you're here. It kind of blows our mind that you're here and that you're enjoying this and having fun with us, but we are so, so, so grateful for you. And we just want you to know, like at the bottom of your heart, that we serve a real God and he really, really loves you.